Hi, welcome to the Charlotte Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message and that it both encourages and inspires you. Bible, you can follow me to Genesis, first book of the Bible, open your cover, three pages in, it's great. We're going to go into the third chapter, so Genesis 3, I'm going to read from verse 6 to 10. Uh, hopefully it's on the screen, otherwise, here it is. So Genesis 3, 6 to 10. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good, and for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both were then opened, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the voice of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called out to the man and said, Where are you? The man answered, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid, so I hid. This is obviously the the story of Adam and Eve, if you're not familiar with it. They, the first people to be created, and this was the very first fall of man. Adam and Eve were tempted by a serpent to eat the fruit of the forbidden tree, and by choice, they ate it. And if you've been around for long enough, you would now see that we are living in the consequences of that one, that one action. And can I submit to you this morning that when you do make a mistake, we as humans have one of two subconscious choices. We either run to God or we run from God. And that's something that we don't naturally sit down and ponder. Maybe in your flesh... Your immediate response to making a mistake is to run and hide. Maybe your immediate response is to try and fix your mistake by yourself. Maybe you sit there and try and justify your mistake. Maybe we run to earthly mediums like drugs, alcohol, unwise friends, Netflix, social media, food. These things that provide temporary comfort but will actually make the matter worse if not tended to. Can I suggest, friends, that these things are the equivalent to putting a Band-Aid on a broken leg? At some point, your heart needs to be checked right with God, just as at some point you need to get that leg x-rayed. See, Adam and Eve very easily could have called out to God at that moment and they said, Lord, I've been tempted, save me. In their immediate response, they could say, Lord, I'm so sorry I made a mistake. Please come and save me. They knew what they did was wrong, but their immediate response was to run from the Father. So this morning, I've got three very quick points. And if you need a title for the sermon, I'm calling it Run to the Father. Run to the Father. See, the first point, the first thing I want to establish before we go anywhere is that our God is a safe haven. Our God is a safe place. Our God actually wants to help you. He wants to be reunited with you. And now, I understand, to some people, that concept is actually backwards. Some people 
are sitting here going, that's not the God. He's a judgmental God. He's a punishing God. But can I encourage you, can you give me 30 minutes? Your God is a safe haven. Psalm 91 says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. The Lord is my refuge and my fortress in whom I trust. Flick over to Matthew, it says, Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, for I am humble and gentle at heart. See, how God is a father. There's any parents here, you'll understand. It does not matter how misbehaving or how far your child may be pushing you, you still love them. Parents, I believe here you would take a bullet for your children. God would do the same. He didn't take a bullet. He took a crucifixion for you, for his child. See, sometimes we do get this idea that, oh, God, I made a mistake. He's going to be so angry with me. Oh, God, he's going to be so judging. He's going to be so condemning. He's going to punish me. But can I promise you, church, that is actually backwards to the nature of God. The fact that God is a punishing and judging father to his children is a blatant lie. He is our father above all else. Now watch, Exodus does say, for the holiness and justice of God requires that sin be punished. However, later on, Romans says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. And further on it says, The Lord has laid upon his son the iniquities of us all. See, yes, punishment does need to be passed, but that's not on us. God loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross. And he loaded all of our iniquities onto him to be sent to the cross, to be buried in the tomb. And I can promise you right now, our sins, shame, iniquities, pain, punishment, they did not get resurrected when Jesus did. The punishment that we do endure for our sins are currently laying six feet in the ground and they died with Jesus. We can have grace when we run to the Father. Romans says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. God wants to make us right with him. And it says it in, in Genesis that I read earlier. If we flick back to verse 8 and 9, it says, The man and the woman heard the voice of the Lord as he was walking in the garden. Can I be honest? I think when God asked, where are you? It might have been rhetorical. He's God. He knows all. He would have known where Adam and Eve were. It wouldn't be beyond God to know where they were. But I think what happened is he asked Where are you hiding? Why do I feel this separation between us? You're supposed to be living among me. You're supposed to be with me. Praise me. Where are you? He knew something was up. See, he wasn't sitting around waiting for them to come to him. And he doesn't do that with us. When we mess up, when we make an honest mistake, God doesn't sit back on his throne and go, well, when they're ready, they're going to come find me. See, God is a father. He actively tries to come and make things better. He actively wants us to be reunited with him. He actively goes out of his way to comfort us. He is above all else our refuge. 
See, a couple of weeks ago, uh, my brother was moving house. He was moving from my parents' house into his unit, uh, which is great. Good on him. I'm so glad. Um, and out of the grace of my heart, I decided to help him move. Yeah. A couple of mumbles around you. You know where this is going? So I was carrying some furniture and a chair in particular, and I was carrying it through my parents' laundry. And I thought, oh, the door, you know, you kind of you kind of ponder. It's like I didn't do maths in high school. I'm like, I think this will fit. I think it's wide enough. So you kind of like put it on an angle, and you just send it, and you're like, this will fit through the door. Bang. And you just, I passed the door, but I scratched the washing machine on the way through. Oh, and I was like, look, if I just don't go back, it's not there. So I put the chair down and I went to have a look at it and I was like, oh, it was massive. I scratched that thing good. And I was terrified. <laughs> terrified. This thing, this, you got to scratch the washing machine. Oh man, I wasn't going to get paid for this. What else? So um, I'm sitting across the dining room with my mum. I'm sitting there for five minutes going, what am I going to do? I just scratched the washing machine. Ah. Oh. Maybe if I just leave it, she won't even notice. Like she's not the most observing mother in the world. Maybe if I just you know, go to Bunnings, get some paint, I'm gonna fix it up, it's all good. No, I'm not that handy. You know what I can do? If I made the mistake the first time, I can make it again. I'll go get the chair back, I'll scratch it up some more, and then I'll convince them that it's actually older than what it actually was. And I thought, no, come on, mate. I'll tell her, fine, I'll tell her. So I open up my bank account, and I cried a little bit. I was like, I haven't got money to replace this. I don't know how to even repair a washing machine. I don't know. I did marketing. I don't know. I just pay someone else to do it. I don't have the money. I, I can't do it. Doesn't matter. Fine. You know what? So, war in my head, I finally decided, right, I'm just going to tell her. I'm going to tell the truth. I'm just going to set her down and be like, Mom, scratch the washing machine. It's going to be so good. It's going to be great. So I sat her down. I was like, hey, Mom, you know how Mitchell was moving? <laughs> out of your house, and I helped for free, out of the love I have for this family, I helped all day, didn't buy me Maccas or anything, and as I was moving Mitchell's furniture through your laundry, I accidentally scratched it, and she looked at me and she goes, <laughs> all right, she goes, well, at least it's not going to leak water, is it? I thought, I got away with this. Oh, I was honest. And the relief I felt, oh my goodness, this weight off my shoulders. I thought, oh man, she doesn't mind. It's okay. And I know half of you are sitting there thinking, Jake, obviously you just tell her the truth. She's your mum. Obviously she's going to love you. Isn't that such a simple concept? But why do we act different to the Father? Why do we make a mistake and make every excuse in the world to not run to our Father? See, I have no doubt He would be just as gracious as a loving mother when you scratch the washing machine. He wants nothing but the best for us. Our Father in Heaven wants absolute love absolute grace for us. We should not want anywhere else but to the Father. Yeah. So point number one. Whew. Sorry.
Sorry. Point number one. God is a safe haven. He is a safe place you can run to. You will find love when you run to the Father. Point number two. We are a product of grace. Ephesians 1.7 says, In Him we have redemption through His blood for the forgiveness of our sins according to the riches of His grace. When we run to the Father, we find grace. I would love to pause here for five minutes and just establish what grace is. So I spent all week going through all sorts of rabbit holes and all sorts of loops trying to find out what grace is. And I'll give you a summary. The definition of grace is the unmerited divine assistance granted to humans for their regeneration or sanctification. Let me say that again. The unmerited divine assistance humans for their regeneration and sanctification. I'll be honest, those are some big words. When I was researching, I had a dictionary next to me. I had two or three. I don't know what half those words were. So, I did some homework for you. Let's break it down. Unmerited means undeserving. You don't deserve it. Regeneration, the definition, is bringing a person to new life. And sanctification, the action of making or declaring something holy. Therefore, the definition of grace for us this morning is the undeserved assistance of God to humans to make them a new life and making slash declaring us holy. Doesn't that warm your spirit? Grace is making you a new person in Christ. When we come to him broken, the old is gone, we become new. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. Now, please don't mishear me. Natural choices do warrant natural consequences. Running to the Father after committing a crime does not get you off without a consequence. However, we battle natural situations with supernatural grace, with supernatural love, with supernatural sanctification for making us new and making us whole. See, we are a product of grace when we run to the Father. He makes us new in His eyes. And when we go to Him and we get grace, we can find love, joy, Peace, patience on the other side. I can't think of anything I would rather have when I face a natural situation. Now, I know someone sitting here saying, Jake, that sounds fantastic, but I messed up bad. Truth is, I made a mistake. And to that, I would say the first word of that definition is unmerited, undeserved. The truth is, God would leave the 99 to save the one. Nothing disqualifies us from the grace of the Father. We can't earn it, but we freely live in the supernatural covering that is our Father. 1 Peter mentions that love covers a multitude of sins. And the story of Adam and Eve is a great example of this. See, the truth is, 
They made a mistake. They paid their dues. They ran to the Father. But God didn't leave them. See, only half a chapter later, it says, With the help of the Lord, she brought forth a man. And later gave birth to her brother, his brother, Abel. See, if God was so judgmental, so angry, so begrudging, why would he help Adam and Eve conceive not one son but two? See, they received the grace of God, even though they were outside of the Garden of Eden, but he never left them. He helped them conceive child. See, once you're a product of grace, you have access to an undeserved favor of God. And that reminds me of the story of Jonah. If anyone isn't familiar with the story of Jonah, you can look it up in the Bible. The book's called Jonah. It's like three chapters. It's really good. You can read it in a day and you're like, yes. But for the sake of time, I'll I'll summarize. Right. So Jonah was a godly man. And the Lord told him to go to Nineveh and minister to the people. Now, Nineveh wasn't a pretty place. Quite honestly, Jonah was quite confronted, quite scared. So in his humility, he ran away. He went the opposite direction, and he caught a boat to another town, which is called Tarshish. Throughout that voyage, a massive storm hit the boat, and Jonah was flicked overboard. A giant fish gobbled him up. He sat in the stomach of that whale for three to four days. That alone is mind-blowing. How do you survive in a whale? But it's cool. And whilst in the fish, Jonah prayed to God, begging for a second shot. He would have said something like, Lord, please save me, and I'll go to Nineveh. Give me a second chance to spare my life, and I will live for you. Lord, please deliver me from this fish. He begged and pleaded for the grace of God. And then later on, we see the fish came to shore, threw him onto the shore, and he went on, turned around, and went to Nineveh and ministered to the people. What was most encouraging was it said the next verse down that the whole town of Nineveh got saved that day. The whole town got saved. Now, you could see her and say, Jonah didn't deserve that. His actions didn't warrant that. But the grace of God did. He made a mistake. He ran to the Father. He became a product of grace. And he gained supernatural favor would won him over a whole town. See, when we're saved, God can do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ever think or hope. Is that all right? Point number two. We are a product of grace. My third and final point, if I can get some of the band up, is that it's never too late to run to the Father. We've heard about God being a safe haven. We've established that he's a safe place. We've heard that we get a product of grace when we run to the Father. But can I encourage you, it's never too late to run to the Father. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. No one is perfect. Everyone has made a mistake. Everyone feels the heat of their choices. Grace is for everyone. 
We are all looking for the grace of God. And we can find it when we run to the Father. John 8.36 says, If the Son sets you free, you are indeed free. And that brings joy to my spirit. I don't know about you guys, but I am glad to hear that we can be made new and we can be made whole by simply running to the Father. Also reminds me of the parable of the prodigal son found in Luke 15. And I want to read this one too. You don't want to summarize it. So hear me out. Luke 15. Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to the father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property among them. Not long after, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything he had, there was a severe famine. And in that whole country, he began to be in need. So he went and hired someone out who was a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs ate. He came to his senses and said, how many of my father's servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to the father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your servants. He got up and went to the father. But while he was a long way off, his father saw him filled with compassion. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to the father, I have sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring a calf and kill it. Let's feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is now found. Doesn't that story warm your heart? The son, undeserving, broken, ran to the father. I reckon the father would have known what happened the second that he saw the son. The son would have looked totally different as he left. But the father didn't stop for a second and consider his condition. The father didn't even wait for him to get to the front door. He ran off in compassion to greet the son. See, it's never too late to run to the father. Isn't that the story of our lives? God doesn't even stop and look at your condition for a second. He is filled with compassion and He runs to greet you. I'm, uh, I want to share one more thing before we finish up. And uh, there's, a, there's a worship song that's been out for a couple of years now. And the title is Run to the Father uh, by Cody Carnes. And if you don't know it, get onto it. But I would love to share with you just a snippet of the verse and the chorus because I think this just embodies the heart of what we're trying to get to this morning so hear this I've carried a burden too long on my own I wasn't created to bear it alone I hear your invitation to let it all go 
I see it now. I'm laying it down. I know that I need you. I run to the Father. I fall into grace. I'm done with the hiding. No reason to wait. My heart needs a surgeon. My soul needs a friend. So I run to the Father again and again and again and again. Church, we can run to the Father again and again and again and again. And what we find on the other side is grace and love and joy and peace. Now this morning, I want to practically apply this. We're going to spend some time in worship and I'm going to give you a chance to run back to the Father. But before we do that, I would love to pray for one specific group of people. I would love to pray for anyone who wants to run to the Father for the first time, who is sitting here saying, Jake, I'm not happy with how I'm living. I'm not happy with who I am and I want a slice of the Father. So if you could join me closing your eyes, bowing your heads. I'm not going to do anything too crazy, but if anyone's sitting here and they said, Jake, that's me. You're, you're speaking to my heart. I need a bit of the Father. In a short moment, I would love for you just to slip up your hands so I know who we can pray for. And you're going to sit there. I'm going to stand up here. It's not going to be weird. But if you're sitting here, hearing the knock on your heart that says, I need to reconnect with the Father, would you slip up your hand? Three, two, one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you in the middle. Anyone else that wants to say, yeah, I need to run to the Father. I need to be a product of grace. Thank you at the back. Thank you. Last chance. I'm happy to wait. Thank you. Great. I'm going to pray this prayer. Why don't you repeat after me? And church, we're a family. Why don't you join us? Everyone pray. Let's pray. Dear God, Please come into my life. Please come into my life. I believe in you. I believe in you. Please save me. Please save me. Take charge of my life. Take charge of my life. Help me to follow you. Help me to follow you. All my days. All my days. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. I am Thank you for joining our podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. You can connect with us at shilohchurch.com.au.